of the Turbo Team Podcast with Jake Brand. Don't you go anywhere near that! Ben Neeson. Like just being caught metaphorically with your pants down. And Alex Powell. Do you know I saw those cute one time? Tommy gun. Reviewing and breaking down movies and TV shows from all genres. This is the Turbo Team Podcast. Hello and welcome back to week 13 of the Turbo Team Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Brand, and this episode, as always, is brought to you by Kim Neeson's Amazing Cookies. Thank you, Ben's mom, for some incredible cookies. Joining me today are Kim Neeson's son, Ben, and Mr. Alex Powell. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, Jake. How are you? Oh, and we got an audience today. Yeah. Our first live show audience, we've got Brock Elbert sitting on, you say, Brock? Program. sitting on Mitch's bed. He said, hey, (laughs) (laughs) a true poet. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing okay. Beach King. Enjoying the cookies? Yep, they're they're up in my gums. I'm going to be tasting it all podcast. Ooh. I don't like the way you said that. Yeah, I don't like the way you phrased that. (laughs) And a smooth, unsettling transition. We're talking about Zodiac this week. Yeah, so this week we watched Zodiac, the 2008 film directed by... David Fincher starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who was winner of the 2007 Kids', Kids Choice Award Awards for Best, best Male a- for my Best Male Actor. Best male actor. My man's deserved that. This for, this for film Zodiac. wasn't this film wasn't nominated for any Oscars, but Jake Gyllenhaal won a Kids Choice Award, so it, it really it evens out even in the nominated? end. No, it it wasn't nominated for a single Oscar. This is one of my favorite movies ever. Okay, wait, this is kind of amazing. Okay, I looked up uh, the other nominees for this were. Jackie Earl Haley on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Adam Brody from Jennifer's Body. It's weird. Teens love that. Uh, Micah Sloat from the Paranormal Activity movie. <laughs> uh, Penn Bagley from The Stepfather. Penn Bagley? I don't want to know if he was the stepfather. <laughs> weird. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Shutter Island. Hold on. So... That's kind of surprising that all the teens out there volunteered or volunteered voted for Jake Gyllenhaal to be more attractive than Leonardo DiCaprio. But wait, so on your thirteenth birthday, your parents didn't show you Shutter Island? <laughs> you didn't watch that with your family. All you didn't the, sit down and watch a good old Martin Scorsese. All the fifteen-year-olds were like, "Well, Leo was really good in Shutter Island, but Jake and Zodiac was." It's like, dude, why are you watching this movie? <laughs> <laughs> dude, go watch SpongeBob. <laughs> Mahoy, Mahoy. You're fifteen. Get introduced to Anchorman for the first well, time. Well, we watched Taxi Driver for my twelfth, and it just kind of <laughs> turned into a little celebration. My family does. Sounds like a conversation I've had with friend of the program Nate Magic. Friend of the program. We but anyway, sat around the sat around the TV, put on Taxi Driver, and ate some Burger King. <laughs> Funniest child memory is my parents showed me Taxi Driver for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, other than Jake Gyllenhaal winning an award for Best Male Actor in the Kids' Choice, um, Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo also starred in this movie. And again, somehow it was nominated for zero Oscars. I, I think we could talk about that a lot, but like. It just doesn't make sense to me how it wasn't nominated, but yeah, it's it's a really good movie. And Alex, I know that we didn't really have a plan of what we were gonna watch this week. Yeah, and you're just like, I'm watching Zodiac, and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen Zodiac in a in a while, so I think I'm gonna watch it. How many times have you seen this movie? A lot. I watched it twice this week. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you better be pretty well informed for the podcast. It's really. I watched it 
what did I take? I think it was like Tuesday. I watched it. I told I texted you guys Tuesday, and then I was going. I was on TikTok, and like someone like mentioned it, and I was like, I think I'm gonna watch it again. So I watched it again on Wednesday night. I don't know, man. I love it. It's a great story. Thank you. This is why I put this as my fourth best movie. I think when we were in the first episode, mm-hmm. I love I love Zodiac. The at the very end when every when uh when J. Jonah and Mark Ruffalo are in the diner and they're just breaking down the case and everything just starts clicking that it was Lee uh it was uh Lee Allen. It was Lee Allen. What was his first name? Arthur, Arthur. Arthur Lee Allen. And it just starts clicking, it's like, Oh my god, it was Lee Allen. I was like, Whoa. You know, like I remember watching that for the first time because because it does a 180 where it takes you and they're like Lee Allen. It's clearly Lee Allen. And then the handwriting and the fingerprints don't match. And then they're like, well, who's this Rick Marshall guy? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's this Rick Marshall guy. But we haven't been introduced to Rick Marshall. And then they're like, well, and then like that weird thing happens in the guy's basement. And then they're like, oh, my God, it is Lee Allen. Yeah. And just the whole like 360 it does is just super interesting to watch. I, I, I love this movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is so good in it. And it can only be done well over its uh, somehow not tiring two-hour and 40-minute runtime. It doesn't feel that long. Mm-hmm. It felt like, like a two-hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, so overall, I thought that this movie had a pretty good runtime, even though it was two hours and 40 minutes. It didn't feel like that. And that was pretty much the exact opposite of the movies that we've watched the last two weeks. King of Staten Island was definitely a problem with that, where they easily could have cut half an hour out of that movie. And There Will Be Blood, it was a little noticeable at points, but overall, I think that um, it was fine where it was. But I think this movie, it did not feel like a two-hour and 40-minute movie. I thought that it flew by and just felt like any average movie as far as pacing went. Yeah, yeah. there, there would be blood definitely stalled at points. Well, this one, to me, since I've seen it so much, there's points where I stalled, like, the the part at the lake, when they're st- he's stabbing the kids at the lake. Mm-hmm. Like, that part, I, I watch, and I'm just like, let's get over with this, because after that part is when, like, after that part is the cabbie murder, and then when Mark Ruffalo, once Mark Ruffalo gets introduced, yeah. then the movie starts really getting, like, that's when it gets really interesting. And so, like, after the lake scene, I'm, like, I, I'm, like, I, I kind of, like, eh, hurry up, you know, because I know what happens after that. But, like, watching it initially, it's, like, this is awesome, you know. Not, not that murder is awesome, but, like. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. He's, like. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, like, like, it, it's a good intro it, to lead into, like, the ultimate, like, you know, uh, rising action with Mark Ruffalo being introduced. Bro, the whole movie is rising action. <laughs> so, overall. This is definitely more of like a crime mystery type movie, but I th- there's also like elements of horror mm-hmm. and sure. and violence. Like I think that's what my favorite part of the movie is because like the violence. <laughs> they they do the they do like the mystery part and the investigating and the crime very well. But I just thought like this was I think the third time I've seen it. I guess we watched it at Minky's one time like halfway. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like my second and a half time seeing it and i just the violence and like the dark tone in the first half of the movie really like set the stage for all of it because i think it it like made you feel like obviously you know it's a true story and it just like makes you feel creeped out like you're watching like 48 hours or something like that and it's not like it's not like a scorsese movie where yes that violence could happen to anyone but it's really it's not down to earth like we're not mobsters we're not gangsters but these are like innocent people getting murdered mm-hmm. and they didn't do it in like a dramatic hollywood way it's a it was a very like, realistic yeah a very realistic way to get murdered which that sounds horrible yeah, just like just chilling at, like in the middle of some like mm-hmm. park and then just some car comes and shoots you just as a police officer and i thought that that set the tone extremely well for the movie because mm-hmm. most of the 
deaths and murders were within the first 30 minutes. I think there was probably one yep. first, later on in the movie, but... First, after the, the taxi cab driver is the last murder. Mm-hmm. There's none, yeah. none after that. Yeah. Well, see, the thing with the Zodiac was I don't think he killed anybody after Paul Stein, at least. So the thing with the Zodiac is he took credit for a lot of murders, and there was, like... He he wanted the infamy so bad he would either he would take credit for murders that like I uh, Mark Ruffalo's character mentions it like later is like there was like there was a murder of a police officer and he took credit for it the police officer was just sitting in his cruiser and someone came up and shot him he's like that was me but we're like we already had a suspect by the time we wrote that letter we already had a guy like that we liked for it that you know confessed to it so he he would take credit for these murders mm-hmm. and so I think the first like we, they didn't show the first one that happened on Christmas. Uh, they and then they showed the one of of the two of the lovers laying, and then they showed the one at the lake, and then they showed the cabbie murder. So they only saw like they only showed like three murders that we know for sure he did. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, the the thing with like you can't they can't put all the murders in because there was so many we don't know which ones he actually committed and which ones he didn't. So you know, kind of going off of the I don't know just like initially for that uh, first uh, Fourth of July scene, mm-hmm. I think it's like the second shot where just that long pan. Like along the different houses during Fourth of July, yeah, and it's dark and like people are celebrating. There's like fireworks, but like if you've seen the movie already, you're like, no, like this is like going into like the dark type of setting that it's trying to set up, and how like just how it like uh, peers into the houses of just the different families, and it kind of peers into like five or six different like lives on this night, and I thought that was just kind of like a cool thing. I don't know if I like explaining it helped, but yeah. I, I, I love Zodiac. I can, go, I can go for hours on how much I like it. Uh, I think I think the one thing, if I had to narrow it down to one thing that makes me really love it, is my personally my favorite actor working right now. Jay Joan Hall is just so goddamn good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He is just he he. I don't know what it is what he does, but he just the like. He did it in Nightcrawler too, kind of just this guy that like he he becomes obsessed with these things. There's a clear, clean cut face over him, but he slowly like slips into not debauchery, but just like I don't know madness or obsession very quickly, like behind the scenes. You can see it like ticking behind yeah, his, his eyes. His character in this movie, uh, uh, Graysmith, what is his first name? Robert Robert Graysmith. He uh, he like when when we were introduced to him, he's like he's pretty clean cut, you know. He's like they said he's a boy scout. He doesn't he doesn't drink. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't you know. He's clean cut, clean shaven. You know his hair is nice. And by the time, like by the end, by like when he's in the house meeting the guy that's like gonna like show him, like introduce him to Rick Marshall. You know, like he's like he's got like his face not shaven, his hair is all messy, his eyes are all wide and dark, and he just I don't know, man. Jake Gyllenhaal just does something that he he plays every character he is. So he really like he does like the the spiraling down of you know being mentally stable. He just does so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just shows his uh, capability to allure any audiences. I mean, I think that's obvious why he won the 2007 uh, Teen Can Choice you... Award for Best Actor. <laughs> oh, it's so funny because he's not like that in real life. Like, he's just such an upbeat and happy and smiley guy in real life. So I don't know. How, you let, that just makes him playing these psychotic guys. Even, like, the night, like his, I know we didn't watch Nightcrawler, but his role in Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Was, he was far from home. That's probably my, <laughs> that's probably my favorite performance of his is Nightcrawler. But, yeah, it's... He's so he's such a good actor, man. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. So other than, of course, like Gyllenhaal was the star of this movie, and he was incredible. What did you think of Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr.'s performances? Ruffalo does a really good job, where he like he becomes the character. Like we like we watched in Spotlight. Like 
he like he's, he'll change his voice. So like in in the in in spotlight, he talked really fast. His posture was kind of bad. And then there's like this character where he's kind of like, you know, kind of laid. He's a, he's a detective. He can't like really show his emotions a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. He he really while Jake Gyllenhaal like it does a good job of showing like uh uh like through time. I think Ruffalo does a good job of really like diving into his characters. Well, I think that just speaks tones to like the character writing and their roles in the movie. Yeah. Like Ruffalo is supposed to be, as you said, the uptight detective who's not really supposed to show emotion. Mm-hmm. And they they say it through dialogue all the time in the movie, like, You're a cartoonist, like yeah. get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like we get you have an opinion, but like this is our job, let us do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that like that really shows in their characters and I thought it was a good performance, like especially when they were talking to each other. Yeah. Because there's a lot of scenes where it's just Hall flipping through papers and doing research on his own, and there's a lot of scenes where it's just Ruffalo. But when they're together, like those two characters specifically, I think that it really like pops off the screen. Yeah. But pop off. <laughs> pop off at your party. I'm, I'm with, with the, the gang. gang. Yeah. I mean, Ruffalo kind of blended into his role, and like you said, there wasn't really a whole lot to work with. I mean, he's a d- detective. Yeah. He's a... He's uh, very angry when he gets woken up at night to have to go investigate a crime. Oh, no, someone got murdered. And he's snarky. Oh, you have dang. to pay for my new lamp. Uh, but <laughs> you got any animal crackers? <laughs> that was a weird part. That was the one character trait the detective had. He was like, I know what you can give me personality in. I like these crackers. I like animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my quirk. <laughs> Besides that, I'm clean-cut detective. Uh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, we already talked about Ruffalo, but I think... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of did his shtick. I mean, yep, like, that's I mean, exactly what I was going to But say. it also fit him perfectly. Like, I didn't mind it. I mean, like, he's a charismatic guy. I mm-hmm. mean, you, like, always, like, were drawn to him when he was, whenever he was on the screen because he kind of had that manic energy that, like, no one else in this movie really had. He he, he always plays. I don't know. Like, what is that? That's a character actor, isn't it? Where, like, they basically play the same person. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Johnny yeah. Depp. Yeah, like, like, Robert Downey Joe Jr. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Robert Downey Jr. always plays kind of—he's kind of smug, kind of arrogant, but he's like also like he's really witty and stuff, and kind of a you know a douche, but he plays it so well, and he's such a likable guy that I can't get mad at him for it, you know. And this really was like Robert Downey Jr.'s like one of his first films back after he went off the deep end with cocaine and drug addiction. Yeah, like I think that all happened. Kiss, kiss bang, and then kiss, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like I think he was. I think he got out of rehab in like 2004, 2005, and he took a few smaller roles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Zodiac, and then like Tropic Thunder were all kind of like within a. <laughs> 2008 next year. This came out 2007, 2008. 2008 was Iron Man. Yeah. You gotta do uh, so, Tropic Thunder. It's a uh, use of makeup is very relevant at this time. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so what are Ben? What's this Watch is totally off topic, <laughs> but Ben, what's your thoughts on the Dungeons and Dragons episode being stripped from? All streaming services of ridiculous. Uh, they clearly uh, dis- disapprove of Chang. I mean, doing this, and he's like not even pretending to be a black person. As weird as that is to say, he's supposed to be a dark elf. Okay, that's unrelated. Yeah, and he I just think takes Dungeons and Dragons very seriously. I think it's clear that whoever like stripped it, I don't think really knew the context behind the entire show. Didn't watch the show. Because a lot of the show is just making fun of racism. Or not making fun of racism, but making fun of people being racist. It's like like taking it out of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, and it's it's not necessarily like, oh, we're gonna put him in blackface so that like we can be racist. It's it just shows like the ridiculous 
nature of <laughs> Chang's character, like which is what he plays in the like the first episode Chang is in. They're like, yeah, this guy is blatantly racist. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, be like, uh, I'll allow pedophiles keeping their stand-up specials on our platform, hey. but I draw the line hey. at a character wearing blackface in one of the shows. Hey, I refuse to comment on Crystalia until he is convicted. Okay, that's the end of the statement. Back to Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, one more thing. And I, what's, I, I, had a, I had one thing to say about that, too. Go well, what's funny is that, so after Chang loses in Dungeons & Dragons and walks away... <laughs> Like, the entire cast is looking at him like, that was very wrong and ridiculous. Like, it... Whatever. We'll the, move on to, back that, to Zodiac. The people that don't get that, and the people that... The people that are mad at Chang at Blackface and Community, the people that are mad at Robert Downey doing Blackface and Tropic Thunder... Watch... Watch... They posted watch a what's black in square, They're but just getting mad to donate. get mad. Yeah. The, the, it's clearly <laughs> parroting it. No... No black actor, no person, no, you know, person in the, like, Black Lives Matter movements, they aren't mad at Robert Downey Jr. for it because he's, Jesse like, Smollett. he's on their side, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, this is ridiculous, and I'm going to prove it's ridiculous by doing a whole movie in, where I pretended to get a pigment <laughs> change and become black. Because like, they asked, I'm pretty sure, this is ridiculous, but pretty sure uh, Joe Rogan asked Jamie Foxx about that he did, on yeah. the podcast. And he's like, well, Jamie Foxx is like, it's not racist, he's parodying it. He's like, he's showing how ridiculous it was. And yeah. If you if you think it's ridiculous, if, you, if you're mad about it, then, you know, you're just... That's your opinion, but don't <laughs> enforce it on Well, sometimes there can be wrong that. opinions, and in that case, that's the wrong opinion. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think I think Netflix was just taking, and who were just taking, like, precaution measures. I don't, yeah. Like you said, I don't think they really knew the context of the episode. I was just there, like, oh, there's blackface? Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with any of this. So, yeah, yeah I, so back to Zodiac. Yeah, back to Zodiac. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> so we were talking about Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. Yeah. yeah. The... Play the same guy. I mean, Anything kind else of, to go off of that? Kind of the same character. It was in Iron Man in a way. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I think less about quirky Robert Downey Jr. himself. But I thought I could have used more of his character. It felt like the last hour and a half he, other than when they went to his house on the boat, it felt like he was hardly in the movie. Well, he fell into alcoholism. And he just kind of like he was. He just gave a, up. That on wouldn't the be case. a fun watch. He just fired from a paper and he just yeah and he quit, so. yeah he gave up on the case. I I just thought like there could have been. More of a like bow tied around his relationship yeah. with Joan Hall and I mean that well, might the, that's not realistic. I mean there's not going to be some storybook ending with that, those that's characters. The thing is, like this is based on a real that's story. True. Well, I bet while David Fincher wanted to put more of Robert Downey Jr. It's Robert Downey Jr. He's one of the biggest names in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like not at the time, but but they like, would they would want to show him give him more screen time. It, they would want to give him more screen time, but his character just fell out. Of that's the, very he true. Fell out of the picture. I mean, plus also all these three characters were connected by a serial killer. And they wouldn't all want to buddy up after that, bringing up all those yeah. memories. That's, that's, that's different storylines, you know. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, yeah and, and you're right, because Joan Hall and Ruffalo, like, really only cross over about the case. Like, they're not like, hey, want to go get Towards the end. beer after work? It's, yeah. it's more just like... It's Mysterio, uh, Iron Man, and Hulk all hanging out together <laughs> as friends. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> 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 next week we will be reviewing the entire MCU <laughs> yes we're going to die next week and then come back resurrected to <laughs> next week at the next week the at the lake house we are not going on the boat we're watching all 22 MCU films all five days <laughs> we get there and we're just like we're watching all the MCU films right, someone now. put in Iron Man who is Disney Plus <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. Mysterio, Hulk, and Iron Man. <laughs> Trying to solve a murder. And Mysterio's the good one. <laughs> Alright, right, yeah. I'm going to get into some more negatives. 
Yeah, yeah, we can get our. <laughs> was that a positive segment? <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know how to transition from that point. <laughs> so I guess before we get into negatives, I, mean, I really negatives like. Will be brief anyways. You you talked about how this is all based off of a true story, and I yeah. thought that Fincher did such a good job of like putting the attention to detail. And I read something that every single scene, every like every single murder scene, was right down to it. So like. Mm. In the in the car in the park scene, they were wearing the exact same clothes that were in the original wow. police report when they were murdered, really? and it was the same exact car. It was the same park, and I thought that like it's a little things that if you don't do, like it won't get noticed. But the fact that Fincher took that much time and took them took that many resources yeah. and made just the scenes, I think adds so much to the movie and the story behind Zodiac. Uh, David Fincher's a detailed guy. Look at his, you know, Zodiac 7, Fight Club. He's done a... Social Network. Social Network. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that if you, like, if you get them right, it makes the movie ten like, ten times better. I've seen something that said he does, like, takes up to, like, 150 times just to get them right. Exactly. But, like, uh, what you were saying about having the whole setting be correct at all i'm always just amazed by that in so many other movies like especially like in once upon a time in hollywood Mm -hmm. another recent one where just the production and like the set design just goes off and transforming like an entire downtown area back into whole different eras i mean that was a desert yeah Yeah. but there's still a great actually hold on before we go on i want to look up the budget because uh that's a good segue to my negatives uh, watching this, there was a few scenes where I was like, I don't remember that being that bad. There was the 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 montage where there were uh, Mark Ruffalo's character and his partner interviewing people. There's a few times where they're just in front of a green screen. And it's like pretty obvious. And when when people are driving, they're in front of. It's like they're not actually driving. They're in front of a green screen. <laughs> I don't think I <laughs> noticed. Are that. you kidding? But a- getting back to Ben, getting back to Ben's point. I, it was just interesting to me because I thought because like you point I thought like the set design was awesome and looking back I was like oh, that green screen no nah, I'm just being I'm just joshing we're we're having a nitpick here that anyways. also is just me just being nitpicky and just noticing small things that make me not like something yeah so yeah. so getting back to Ben's point and how Fincher can take up to like 150 takes to get the the shot right this is to a very like much lesser extent but doing some like video journalism work at Simpson this year and taking like a video production class. When when you make a video and when you have a video planned out, like when you get the exact shot mm-hmm. on camera that you had in your head is yeah. like such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So like I totally see where it's coming from watching this movie. And there's just like, like you said, I did notice like one of the green screens. Yeah. But specifically just like the violence and like the basement scene, like there were some of those shots that were just like, they could not be more perfect, yeah. and I, I can't even imagine what the that's basement, like. The basement scene yeah. tremendous. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that's like as a filmmaker making a multi-million dollar movie. Get, David Venture <laughs> and, and Tarantino are, if you want to talk about perfectionists in, mm-hmm. in movies, they're the two guys. And you can tell. David Venture, I feel, isn't as toxic as Quentin Tarantino is. <laughs> I mean, we've heard the, you've heard the horror stories of Quentin of, you know, working for Tarantino. It's not for everybody. But, yeah, absolutely. But either way, they produce great movies, and they definitely care about it and put a lot of time into it. So that's always something you want to see when watching a movie. Yep. <laughs> so did you guys have any other positives before moving into, like, full negatives? I don't, I don't think I really have any negatives other than the nitpicks. Like I, it's a great movie. One of mine was yeah. Downey, what I talked about earlier. Yeah, so Just a little more Robert Downey Jr. Mine was the... Mine was, I, I said it, like, really early. It was just, like, I'm so, I know, how, like, how the movie is paced that, like, the parts that are a little bit slower, I'm like, all right, let's mm-hmm. get on. That's just because I've seen it so many times. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, when I think of negatives, that's probably the only one I can think of is just pacing. Yeah. But I mean, you'll see that when it comes up on Netflix and you should know what you're getting into in some sense of the word. And if it's your first viewing and you're not hooked within the first hour, I mean, then that's not something that you'll really be complaining about. After watching the first 15 minutes where they where he kills the guys, the kids at the, you know, the drive-in or whatever, how are you not hooked after that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I don't It know. almost once the murders happen, it almost like intentionally slows down. Yeah. Because it's it's so much to take in at first, and then they get to introducing the three main characters. I was so bored after that point. Oh, they killed him, and then now what? I gotta watch his kid, you know, make his kid brush his teeth? <laughs> oh. Wait, what movies are those? Uh, it's movies where people just die brutally, like, every five minutes. Uh, Darkest Dusk? What is it, Oh, Final Destination. Final Destination. You can say it. We don't yeah. Care. I won't pick it up. Friend of the program, Brock Albert. Sitting... Back in the corner. <laughs> Fatal Destination, yeah. It's it's kind of opposite of that. I don't care, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Well, it, it makes the deaths more important. Yeah. When someone dies every five minutes, you're like, oh, that sucks. But when there's like a three... <laughs> When there's a three-minute build-up. Oh, man, that sucks. Oh, man. Where's Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> it's like... Watching Pearl Harbor. Oh, man. It's like when stormtroopers <laughs> die. Like, who cares? Yeah. But then, yeah. like, in this movie, there's three-minute... Three, five-minute build-ups to these murders. And like Alex said, it can... On your second or third viewing, it can kind of be like, all right, just get to it. Yeah. But, like, the first time you watch it... And this is the first time I've, like, actually watched it in, like, three years. So I kind of forgot about some of the beginning scenes. Mm-hmm. And it, it's intense. And I yeah. watched this with my mom, and this is her first time watching it. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's like, wow, that's, like, gory. It's dark. Yeah, yeah it's it, really dark. Yep. The lake scene, definitely. <laughs> the lake scene's really... I, interesting fact about the lake scene. So I, I, watched, I was watching some video on the actual Zodiac, but... So the girl died and the guy didn't. That's that. I so they when they're breaking down the case in the movie, they like like he gets so focused. They the specific was he gets so caught up with the women he forgets to finish off the men, which isn't the case. Maybe in the first one of the driving, but the second one, the only reason so the guy died. He guy just got stabbed back and he lived. The only reason the lady died was because she was squirming, like she was moving. Her. He just wanted he was just gonna stab her in the back. If he just, mm. she just stayed flat and just got stabbed in the back, she would have lived. But it's because she was moving around and screaming, kept oh, stabbing wow. her everywhere. That's so she would have, she would have okay. But she was, you know, obviously. No I don't think anything was relatively okay in that situation. Well, no, obviously that's what I'm saying. Like no one's gonna be like, "Oh, I'm getting stabbed. Just stay right here." But like that, she had the same reaction anybody would. But it, it's just interesting that like if she did just stay there, then she would still probably be alive. Dude, anytime I like I'm somewhere like out not in town and I see like one person alone like it terrifies me yeah. what like if if we're disc golfing <laughs> and someone like comes out of the woods yeah yeah like, it's creepy yeah nah. do you not feel that Ben no nah. I feel like Ben doesn't have a whole lot of fears nah <laughs> Ben forgotten. Ben's Ben's fear is not having beautiful luscious hair too late Joakim Noah hair Joakim Noah hair I'm on my way baby but yeah so I the one other positive I had I was gonna save for our favorite scene. So do you guys want to get into actually I have your favorite more, scene? I have a more negative. Go uh, ahead. There is a lot of names in this movie. Yeah, that I I That's forgot to write you, that down. Bro. There is a lot of names. I this is probably probably like my twelve fourteen. I don't even know. I've watched this movie a lot, and I still have trouble keeping up with the names. This is oh, the last yeah. time I watched it. The second time I watched it this week, like I was finally like getting a lot of the names. Yeah, like a. Uh, 
like the kid that gets shot in the first one, his name's Michael Majo, I think. He comes in at the very end. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, and so like there's there's a ton of names, and they mention uh, I forgot the lady's name in the first scene, but they mention like her sister. Uh, that's like it's like it's all talking about like the painting party, the painting party. and it's all the names of the people that were there yeah, and stuff like, like Rick that. Marshall, who, who like Rick Marshall is like we never see him. They just talk about him. They just talk about him. There's just so ma- there's just so many names that and, yeah, and especially a lot of names that we don't really get to put faces to. So many names and so many events too. So many events. It's like here's the murder on Christmas. Here's the murder on Fourth of July. Here's the murder on October twenty yeah. fifth. Like you just don't. The, you know that a murder happened, but you can't. Like, exactly put which one was. And this which, movie is my personal hell. I couldn't <laughs> keep track of anything Ben's, if I was in Ben's this. memory is just like, yeah, we're not sticking together <laughs> for this one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like like we, we talked about earlier, it is, like, it doesn't feel like two and a half hours, however it is, but there's there's so much in that two and a half hours that it's honestly surprising that it doesn't feel that long, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, well, you want to get into our favorite scene? Yeah, so my favorite scene, we mentioned it earlier, the basement scene. Mm-hmm. I guess not even just the basement scene, the entire scene in that the guy's sequence. house. Yeah. Yep. So I watched, I finally wrote one down. I wrote a video by Tyler Mowry, and it was just cinematography analysis of Zodiac. Yeah. And it was focusing on the shots of um, Robert Gray and I, I can't even remember what the other guy's name is. Like you said, so many names. But it was... So pretty much every single time they talked, they started out at um, equal level. So in in, uh, in videography, when you are shooting an interview or shooting a movie, you're supposed to have each, like you're supposed to have the interviewer and the interviewee at eye level. Mm -hmm. So that's how they start out the scene with the two characters. But as they go on and as they talk about the Zodiac, every time like there's a little bit more suspense added, it shifts up and down. So then it gets to shooting a lower shot towards the guy's house and then it shoots an upper shot towards Jake Gyllenhaal. So when you're when you're watching a movie and the camera is looking down on someone, that shows like you have authority over them or they're in fear, they're 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 stressed out. Yeah. And when you're looking up to someone like Star Wars does this all the time. Pretty much whenever Darth Vader's on the screen, you're looking up to him. You're barely ever looking to him at eye level. Mm -hmm. So it does that, and then by the time they're going to the stairs, it's looking pretty much straight up and straight down at the two characters. And then my absolute favorite shot of the entire movie, um, it's showing Gyllenhaal with the door in the background closed. And then cuts to that guy walking over and then the very next shot of Hall. it's over his shoulder yeah and it's him in the doorway he's like I'm just gonna go down to the base yeah, it, yeah. It's, and it's, it's him and it shows him in the focus just like thinking it through in his head when he so then it cuts to him and it's just like Hall looking just as you said earlier just like stressed out ragged and then disheveled yeah. And then uh, the guy in the background turns on the light. Like, that is just, like, Great scene. Yep. peak horror, mm-hmm. like, perfection. It is a horror movie. And then that's sure. that's yeah. not even mentioning, like, going down the stairs. So going down the stairs when... I just need to look at what the guy's name is. Um, we don't even know. It's just, like, the guy that tips him off about so Yeah, so we'll just call him uh, Jeff. Jeff yeah. So Jeff's walking down the stairs, and they show it at an angle where you can't see the phone. And then Robert walks downstairs, and they shoot at a different angle so you can see a phone. Yeah. And this is after the payoff to the line about how there's no um, no one really has basements in, no California. Has basements in California. And why would 
so first off, it's weird that someone has a basement in California. It's even more weird that someone would have a phone in their basement. When 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 uh, when uh, the guy was like the Jeff whatever. When the guy was like, uh, yeah, I think it's just right down in the basement. And Jill and he goes the he opens the door and Jill and Hall's just like staring with his back towards the guy. He's like, not very many people have basements in California. And then he turns around. And the guy's just like, well, I do. Yeah, it's just I'm like gonna start, Whoa. I'm gonna start doing that when I take people to my house now. <laughs> well, I do. Well, <laughs> so like. Yeah. The the a lot of this was from Tyler Murray's video, and he just said like when when you're watching the movie and you notice the phone just when Gyllenhaal's there, like you notice that he notices like was he the one making the phone calls yeah. the entire time from the basement? The second time watching it, I noticed the phone, and I was like, wait a minute, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah, there's a, he's like there's a lot of Easter eggs that Fincher hides to kind of you know give you an idea. And then I'm I'm not even gonna get into just the the scene in the basement in general it's just yeah. you gotta watch there's it to stairs the creaking yeah. the music is increasing when Jill Hall's having like the panic attacks like, mm-hmm. there's somebody upstairs yeah. it's, but the thing about that is like it's probably on his mind you know yeah oh I mean you can you can just tell that so when uh, when he finds out that the handwriting of the poster is him and that he was making the posters like the entire movie changes and the entire scene changes yeah. and and like, he didn't write these posters. I did. Yeah. And that's, like, where Joan Hall starts to get stressed out. And that's where, like, sweats... <laughs> Shut up, Ben. Shut up, ben. That's, where, <laughs> that's where sweat starts dripping down his face. And then, like, it's just building up, building up, building up, and then running up the stairs. And another... I'll do one more shot. So the shot where Joan Hall goes to open the door, and there's the mirror in the background, and he goes to open it, and he can't. And then Jeff, Jeff appears... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like yeah. that's so, just so insanely good cinematography. Watching, so, what, like I've said, I've seen this a lot. Watching that scene for the first time, that whole sequence for the first time when they pull up to the guy's house, terrifying. Oh yeah, especially if you don't know the story of Zodiac, you don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. next. You know? Yeah, there's like not much time left in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this like, could be is it. this it? Yeah. And I mean, it as we already talked about, this movie does such a good job at. Like never showing you who the number one suspect is, because for the majority of the movie we it think it's like we think it's Arthur, and then in this scene we think it's Jeff, and then it's Arthur again. Or Rick Marshall. Yeah, or or Rick Marshall. So it just does all that so well. Yeah, and that's that's my favorite scene. I thought like that was head and shoulders above any other scene in the movie. Jake kind of broke down. I think I don't know. I don't know about you, Ben. That was that was one of my favorite scenes. I think honestly that probably would be my favorite scene. But I'm gonna pick a different one since. You picked that one. Uh, I'll, I'll be quick. So the one, so I talked about earlier when, at the very end, when uh, Robert Graysmith's wife drops off Arthur Lee Allen's address, and he's like, oh, Arthur Lee Allen, you know, his birthday's December 18th. He called, uh, what is the guy's name? The therapist guy. Uh, Brian Cox's character, Melvin Bell. Mel, Melvin Bell. He calls Melvin Bell's house. He's like, it is my, it's December 18th. It's my birthday. I must kill because it's my birthday or whatever. And he connects those dots, and then he connects all the dots, and he takes, and so he, he goes, he's like, he goes to, uh, he goes to, uh, what's the guy's name? The therapist guy? No. So many names. The actual, that's what I'm saying, there's so many names. I know what you're talking about. The actual about. guy plays Hulk. What's his name? Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. <laughs> he goes to Mark Ruffalo's house, and he's like, it's what's Arthur. What's Hulk's name? What's Hulk's name? It's like, it's Arthur Lee Allen, and they go to the diner, and they attach all the dots. She's like, here's why he did it, here's how it connects. And, like, so everything connects. And then it cuts to the end, the it cuts to the very last scene when uh, when Jake Gyllenhaal goes into the Ace Hardware, 
he goes in the Ace Hardware, and it's him and Arthur Lee Allen, and they're just looking at each other, and Arthur Lee Allen's like, can I help you? And he's got, like, a smile on his face, and then, like, they slowly recognize, like, who each other is, and just, like, mm-hmm. th- and that's how the movie ends. They each just, other they slow, like, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has all the dots. This is his main suspect. He's the main man in the investigation, and Arthur Lee Allen's like, I got away with it. I'm working at a na- I'm out of prison. I'm working at a Nace Hardware. It's been like five years since I wrote a letter. I won. I won. Friend of the program, Logan Hogeman, working at New inevitable. Ace Hardware in Inyola, Iowa. <laughs> Lee Arthur Allen be like, I am inevitable. <laughs> I am Ace Hardware. I am Ace Hardware. <laughs> but and then like, Hulk snaps him back. I'm always angry. Mark Ruffalo shows up with a burnt arm stuck to his body. So much, so much Zodiac and Adventures crossover. Yeah, yeah, so much crossover appeal. But just, but just them re- kind of recognizing, like you can tell that they both like kind of know who each other is. Like you know, Arthur Lee Allen's like, oh, that's probably Robert Gray Smith, and obviously uh, Robert Gray Smith knows that that's Arthur Lee Allen. So yeah, I think that scene with the come up with the you know rising action of them connecting the dots at the end, and then just the last scene of them recognizing each other. I think that's just such a good scene and a really, really great way to end the movie. And it doesn't. We don't like Arthur Allen died. They, they yeah. There's no there's no official arrest. There's nothing like that. It's so it just kind of fizzles he, he out. Died. It like fizzles he, out. He's the main. He's the main. The only like every every county in California that this investigation is still open in. Uh, Arthur Leon is still the main main and only suspect. They don't think it's anybody else. I but mean, he like, had a heart attack like five days before the cops were going to arrest him. Mm-hmm. And he died. Bro had squirrels in his freezer. He did it. Case closed. <laughs> Yeah, so they that, that's what we're saying is like this is a true story. It's not gonna have a storybook ending. No one knows who the Zodiac is. We think we do, but we, we're never and, gonna know. And that's what's so fascinating about this story. It's not like for some reason my mom and grandma like whenever my grandma's over, they watch Forty Eight Hours like every Saturday night. Really? And there's always like an ending to that. Yeah, like there's always like yeah, this person died, but we definitely know it was them. Yeah. Or we're like, yeah, now this guy's in jail. This movie's like this happened sixty, like fifty-five, sixty years ago, and we still think we know who it is, but we like we're never gonna know. Yeah, it's gonna be unsolved forever. Did they probably would be dead today? That reminded me of the Bill Hader bit. (laughs) We were just making fun of Dateline in like forty-eight hours. It was like, so you came across the body and discovered like the knife in its back. Usually, most people would call the cops at that point. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't, did you? Okay. Ben, what was your uh, favorite scene? I don't know. Your guys' were pretty long. Uh, my favorite scene oh, was actually not as long-winded as your guys' were. <laughs> it was honestly just like kind of quite simple. It was when uh, uh, Iron Man and uh, Mysterio <laughs> were, at the, <laughs> were at the bar together. A real bar this time. Uh, and like, he was making fun of his uh, drink. He was like, what are you drinking? He was like, That's you wouldn't make fun of it if you tried it. fun of it if you tried it. And I just love that comedic cut where he just takes a sip, just looks over, it cuts to like 50 like, different yeah, drinks. Yeah, there's like six empty glasses. They're just cleaning them out. Jake Gyllenhaal's just slumped in the... He's like, oh. <laughs> Go to the library. <laughs> Not a Boy Scout anymore. <laughs> and I don't know. I just love that. I love... Uh, Using utilizing camera work into the humor, mm-hmm. uh, Edgar especially Wright, in a dark Ed, movie like this, there isn't a lot. Edgar of Wright does that a lot, and then seeing it here it was kind of like 
a really like funny chuckle. <laughs> does it? Does it, speaking of humor, is like the scene where it's like, does it bother you people call you shorty? It's like, does it bother you people call you the R word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. Like, and then like he walks over to Iron Man. He was like, do people call me? Do people call me any names? He's like, yeah, like the R word. And he's like, <laughs> no. That kind of <laughs> that kind of sent me for like. Like, oh, what am I watching? And then, like, you have to remember, like, this is 2007. It's yeah. funny, that's, though. That's not going to happen in, like... They said it in The Office. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Office is a staple for the 2000s. The Office ended, office ended in 2013. I don't know if you've seen scenes, but... When Alex makes an Office reference... Shut up, bitch! <laughs> Damn it. S in the chat. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we close it out with our rankings of the film, I had a lot of notes that I wanted to get through, but I guess I'll just go through them real quick. Speed round. Um, I love the detective-reporter duo duality. The two partners who were detectives <laughs> uh, were like slowly working through the case. And then Mysterio and Iron Man were working through the case <laughs> by themselves. And it just... <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the end Iron Man died, they gave him his glasses. And then they made a whole other spin-off movie. About keeping the glasses. (laughs) And then it just cut between uh, those two uh, (laughs) pairs uh, figuring out the case and, like, this, like, montage. (laughs) Um, I'm surprised we didn't talk about it, but the absolutely uh, incredibly intense scene with the baby and the mother on the road. Totally forgot about that. Uh, It's very forgettable to me. It's kind of forgettable, but when you're in it, you're like... Compared to, because that, she didn't, nobody died. She just jumped out of a car. Nobody died. Compared to the other three actual murder scenes, I think it's like, it takes a back seat because, you know, no one dies. You know, it's not as interesting. Okay, but you can't say you were clenched up to your toes when you were first watching it. I honestly forgot about it until just now. It it takes a back seat because there's so much, like, interesting stuff that that's like, well, no one's, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and another one, (laughs) another, uh, just quick thing that I wanted to mention uh, was when, uh, Iron Man gets the piece of bloody clothing uh, mailed directly to him. He's like, I want a gun. And then they go to the gun range, and it shows him shooting. Uh, He misses all of his shots, except for (laughs) one, which was, like, at the corner of the paper. And I'm like, hmm, it's really showing that Iron Man is losing his grip right now. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of a cool way to show that. And uh, they really showed the passage of time well, like, with uh, Mysterio's family slowly building... (laughs) You know, with the skyscraper being built, like, over time, that was a cool shot when, like, it was just, like, a 20-second pan of that skyscraper being built. And uh, another funny moment, I thought, when, like, the, when Mysterio was on to Arthur Lee Allen, and for the, like, like, in the pickup in the last leg of the movie, and uh, he gets his final call with the heavy breathing, and the earlier ones, he, like, listens for a few seconds, is terrified. His wife is like, I'm going to leave you soon. And then, but for this last one, as soon as he hears it, he just hangs up immediately. <laughs> Zodiac's just like, what just happened? And I thought that was funny. Okay. Yeah, do we rapid fire. Do we want to get into our rankings unless you have any other rapid fire, uh, Alex? Anything else? Nope. I'm going to give this movie an 8.75. Really? Can you stop? <laughs> what? When you, have a, when you have a two-digit minimum. Two digit mem- 8.75. Fine, 8.7. I, I give it pi squared. Round up would be 8.8. Yeah, we'll give it 8.8. Okay. That's that's more confusing than 8.75. Just a strong. Uh, <laughs> okay, give it the fancy for, for reference, I got an 89% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I'm pretty much dead so on. You're, so, you're, so you are. It's pretty much dead on. I pretty much am the critics. 
Jake is Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I am Tomato. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. This is my top. I always say my top five movies are all 10 out of 10, so Zodiac gets a 10 out of 10. Tomato. Uh, I'm sure. just going with... <laughs> I'm going with a 9. Yeah. I mean, like... I mean, it seems like we were kind of dissing on it a little bit. I mean, not really, but... Even though we were saying it was exhausting for a good portion of this podcast, it is really so good. And if you haven't seen it, Sit down, watch it all in one sitting. Break it up into two parts if you have to. Definitely watch it in one sitting. There's so many names. It is you definitely need better it. than any forensic files or 48 hour episode that you can oh, watch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Alex, how did you watch this back to back nights? This is one I of those movies. It. I love, I love the movie, but this is <laughs> one of those it. movies where I just don't think I could watch that often. See, for me, that's Joker. I don't think I could watch it. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could watch like, it. I watched it, it twice, and I don't want to watch it again. It I, don't me, watch it I don't think I want to watch Joker again, if I'm being honest. It's one of those movies where where you just feel like, exhausted after watching. And oh, this, I love it, man. this story is really funny. So the other day, I was over at my girlfriend's house, and we were like trying to wow, figure out what movie. Flex, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure out which movie to watch. And she's like, we should watch Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Like, Do you oh know what God. that's about? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's really sad, but it's good. I'm like, that's a movie that I've seen once that I never want to see again. <laughs> <It's> so sad. <laughs> so with all that Zodiac talk, Ben had the idea of doing a segment where we get into our favorite detective slash cop slash mystery movies of all time. And I think that I can start it off. I've, I've only got a few. I don't think my repertoire of detective and cop movies is that big but the first one i've got spotlight shout out episode three of the turbo team podcast i believe yep. that was uh, ben's first episode yep it was Mar- my first time mark ruffalo and it michael keaton it's a it's a really good movie what was that voice ben <laughs> <laughs> my first time <laughs> can i wash my hands that was my pg-13 movie uh very back row voice Get the joke if you what want you to. Yeah. Okay, and then the next one, Just if we're doing with it. cops, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. <laughs> Great detective just movie. The, just the ending where he's laying on the floor, <laughs> and he's he's sad. running on low blood sugar, and that sucker just That's appears. the climax of the movie. So that, I mean, it, it makes you think David Finch is... Finch. Like directing the movie or Finch or whatever. Finch. <laughs> Maybe David Finch did Jane, direct the movie. Whoever Jane, that is, Jane Lynch and David Fincher. <laughs> Brock could have directed Paul Blart Volcom too. <laughs> yeah, Kevin James. I probably his best performance. I'd say the greatest actor. Right behind Zookeeper. I don't know. Here comes the boom. And then the <laughs> the third one was Knives Out, a Ryan Johnson movie. I don't know how he made that movie and The Last Jedi. It ruined a franchise and then made a pretty good movie. It doesn't make any sense. I I liked the movie. I know that I it got too. mixed I reviews. Really, I really liked it. I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. But it's one of those movies that I don't thing. think I could watch again just That's because it is a little predictable in the first watch, so like the second watch when you know what's going to happen, I don't know how enjoyable it'll be. But I I really liked it when I saw it in theaters. I thought I was Chris like, Evans. I was like, I don't think because you like you don't think he killed himself in it. Mm-mm. You're just like oh, spoiler alert, I guess. But this yeah. is a spoiler podcast. But you're like, deal with it. You're like, like, you're like, oh, maybe he like overdosed on meds or whatever, and then he's like, no, he actually just killed himself. Yeah, I thought but they'd re- the video they revealed that in like the first act. That's another movie that has like three uh, like one eighty turns mm-hmm. of like you don't know what happened. I thought I it was like pretty it, obvious but, from the start like the second chris evans came on screen i thought it was pretty obvious that he did it but i don't know like how it's he did captain it. america 
bed with another Marvel reference today. <laughs> That's my whole arc. She speaks in Marvel references. Yeah, did you... <laughs> Alex, what are a few of your, what are a few of your um, few? Another David Fincher movie, Seven, starring Brad Pitt and uh, Morgan Freeman. I haven't seen Kevin Spaceman. I haven't. We don't talk about him, but he's so good. Yeah. Shout out to American Beauty. <laughs> kind of predicted it. Uh, Seven's really good. Another David Fincher film. I haven't seen it in like a year, but I remember loving it when I did watch it. It's got a couple of, I, th- I think that one has a really interesting plot where Kevin Spacey For sure. where Kevin Spacey's character is like it's like he's like committing murders but as the seven deadly sins. I think it's just kinda interesting and What's in the box? So Come on. Maggie Gyllenhaal's in that movie, isn't she? Doesn't no, it's uh Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep, it is Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. She gets her head in the box. What's in the fucking box? I wish they would have shown her head in the box. Um seven spotlight. Oh my god, I had a, I had a couple other ones that I forgot. Uh, cops, shout out cops, the show <laughs> got canceled. Just kidding. Oh, okay. I do. It is a show, but True Detective, season Ooh. one and three, some of the best television I have ever seen. Matthew McConaughey's performance is one of the greatest performances of all time. In yeah. Season one. And Mahershala Ali can do no wrong in season three. Season two, I just pretend doesn't happen. Just in season three. Season Could we? Sucks. It's it's awful. There's too many storylines, too many people. Oh, my man, Colin. Too much Vince Vaughn. Would Barry fall into this category? No, no, no. Because it's about a hitman that wants to become an actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't count Loach right. as a protagonist for anything. Yeah, you're right. He dies anyway. Yeah, plus Jeez. he's just a sad sack the whole show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out. What is that episode four? Yeah, that was episode four. Uh, Shout out Ronnie V. Probably our weakest episode. If we're critiquing the Turbo Team podcast, I think it was... We didn't really, like, have a concrete plan going into it. No, that was kind of... We never have a concrete plan That was our first time doing a TV show, too, so it was a little... It was a little unorganized. So don't go back and listen to episode four of the Turbo Team podcast. but just to see how much we grew. Yeah. Eh, Give us money, but... Uh, so, True Detective, I had one more, I forgot it. Uh, Ben, you can go, and I'll see if it can come Missing Link. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was a detective movie Oh, um, Detective Pikachu Favorite movie of all time Oh, Detective <laughs> 10 out of 10 Pikachu was very cute But also oh, oh. very funny uh, LA Confidential I was That was mine I hate you Is that your only one? No, I had it It was a, it was a tie Another Kevin Spacey movie I don't, I don't That cast that. was amazing I don't really like to support Kevin Spacey Shut up! It is a good cast, <laughs> but uh, Russell Crowe, one of his best performances. Anti anti Kevin Spacey podcast, dude. Enemy I, of the program, enemy Kevin of Spacey. The, uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey. If you hear this, uh, watch it back. Uh, the cast for the L.A. Confidential was Guy Pearce, who was amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Basinger, uh, uh, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spaceman, uh, Danny DeVito, every band kid's favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Danny DeVito is in that movie. I forgot. He is. Danny DeVito. He dies. But that whole... Okay. Okay, I got one more. I guess it's my turn now. I got one more. Prisoners. So I guess it's my turn now. Wait, did did you have Prisoners? (laughs) No. I didn't even think of Prisoners. Another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Great. On the topic of from last week, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Just, I don't know. I, I think we should do a Prisoners episode. Have you seen it, Jake? We watched it here. We watched Prisoners here in this very basement. When was that? I don't know. I think I. I don't think I just don't think you were here. Oh, what about that show we watched in Mary Means class? The (laughs) 
<laughs> the one SWAT where, team. Yeah, the, SWAT. where the SWAT team shows up. The, the, kid, the kid from Austin and Alley was like a school shooter. We, we have to watch that at the lake. Yeah, that, <laughs> that show is... <laughs> You're gay. I'm gay. <laughs> you eat trash. <laughs> I eat trash. <laughs> Top five detective movie. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man, she said don't touch her. <laughs> like, don't touch me. <laughs> Humorous. Great, great TV. All right, Ben, you can go. I interrupted you a lot. Yeah. Bitch. Uh, so I chose L.A. Confidential as well as Alex. Uh, like I said, a great cast, Guy Pierce. He's like, I love him in anything he's in, even though he's not Memento. in something amazing, but it's always good whenever he is. Memento, Memento yes. Movies. Prometheus. Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, Danny DeVito, Bank Kid's favorite actor. That, that's one of those movies that like transports you to a different era. Mm-hmm. It honestly does. He's got that six foot seven guy from Shawshank Redemption. Oh wait, no, he's not in Shawshank. What is that guy in? Not in Shawshank. I don't know. He's like huge. He's the, in a lot of other main, stuff. Like Chief, I think. Oh. Whatever. But yeah, it's an amazing movie. Uh, it's a very noir esque movie. I think it's like just straight noir. Oh yeah. It's, noir. <laughs> it's 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 uh, the. It's the noir detective movie uh, with the seductive lady, except it's in color instead of black and white. And it has Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito's in it, so it's a win-win. And yeah, I love that movie. Uh, Second one, which is kind of a tie just because I love it so much, and I wouldn't even call it a detective movie as much as I would call it a comedy, but The Nice Guys... It's a detective movie. Detective. It is, They're but when I think detectives. of it, PIs. I know, but I just think of the one-liners instead of the actual case. And Hannibal as <laughs> a B. <laughs> oh yeah, just the fact that Hannibal Burris is a B in that movie makes solely it makes it one of my top ten movies of all time. Anything Hannibal does makes that's why Tag is one of my, is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the Nice Guys is so good. Uh, it's one of Shane Black's best movies. He was pushing for it to get a sequel, but it absolutely flopped at the box office. Wait, which he got a sequel? I will never forgive. No, he was pushing for it to get a sequel. Uh, no. Some movies don't need a sequel. Eh, what the, what film Twitter do? disagrees with you. Oh, the nice guys? Oh, yeah. Patrick H. Willems, Chris Stuckman, they've all been pushing for that to get the a sequel. The nice guys is such a perfect movie, though. I think Wait, can't you? Couldn't you totally see that being like an not an anthology series, but like just like a crime of the week type of series? I don't, I don't hypothetically, I, hypothetically think about how amazing that would. I mean, like, see, the thing about sequels is like, like super bad. Like, I love super bad. <laughs> I don't want a super bad sequel because the first movie. I so want to see them in their thirties. Like the first movie is so perfect, I don't want to see it again. You know? Oh yeah, so, there's so. Comedy like, specifically, that's, that's, that's it's unrelated. All, almost every comedy does not need a sequel. Twenty, I think the best this is different. Okay. One of the best sequels. Okay, so yeah, we this disagree. Is off topic. We just disagree okay. on that. Whatever. Yeah, this is off topic. But comedies, yeah. comedies do not deserve. I think twenty one uh, and twenty two Jump Street do the best mm-hmm. job of making. Like, I think that's the only exception. Where, like a sequel because they're, they're really just franchise better. Yeah, because yeah. they're basically like <laughs> as, as a cop Deadpool like a, movies. Like a, like a franchise, like a Harry Potter. Like a, a Step Brothers two would be significantly worse than mm-hmm. the original Step Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> no matter like everything's the Step Brothers. I mean, Anchorman 2 was nowhere close to Anchorman 1. Anchorman 2 had some funny parts in it, though. I thought it was... This is totally off topic. I thought it was funnier than the first one, but... Who like, cares, whatever. Can I have the floor again? The go story, ahead, Ben. The story wasn't good. Yeah. yeah okay. Ben, go. Okay, yeah, I love The Nice Guys. Uh, Shane Black directed the heck out of that movie. 
uh, Ryan, uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling is the pair I never knew I needed, but I do now and forever I will in another sequel. I don't remember being around Russell Crowe. <laughs> what? Is Ryan, Glo- is Ryan Gosling. Good joke. <laughs> Part of the co-host of the program. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> uh, that's another film with, I mean, obviously excellent comedy, but like another way that introduces the camera work and editing into that. Into that, whatever. Into the movie in an Here excellent way. Boy. I'm back, having aneurysms again. <laughs> but, <laughs> shout out Shane Black. Uh, Iron Man 3 is in the top five for MCA movies. Don't fight me on that. <laughs> Every MCU reference, Ben, you deserve that. <laughs> Think about like 10. I'm trying to get to double digits on this pod. D- you're already at double digits if you're at 10. If you have one, that's too many. Ten is two digits, Ben. I went Zendaya as Spider Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven. I'm just, I'm just listing off Brock's likes on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's not in there. It's definitely it's, in there. It's I have definitely no, seen it. <laughs> Whatever. All right, Ben. What other movies? That's all. I, thought oh, that's all. I think I think Russell Crowe. If you're talking about like True Detectives, here, I think he's kind of the king Ooh. of modern day detective movies. Oh, I forgot to bring it up. Uh, Wind River. It's a good movie. That, that's a good movie. I didn't even think of that as a detective movie. It's more of like Too a bad, western. Yeah. What's a guy? What's a guy's name? Yeah, I would consider it a <laughs> Jeremy western. Renner. Too bad Jeremy Renner's kind of a POS. Too bad. Hey. Too bad Hawkeye's. Bring back Hawkeye. His- <laughs> 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 Too bad Jeremy Renner is canceled. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even plan this out, but yeah, that movie is so good. Uh, shout out to a friend of the program, Alex Hansen. It's his favorite movie ever. Oh, and that's wrong last name. <laughs> and that that is a genuine heartbreaking film if you've ever seen it it's before. Really, it's really sad, yeah. It's got, uh, it's got the Punisher in it, too. Yeah, John Bernthal. Another MCU reference. <laughs> I'm not even pulling it up. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's for the it's the uh, Netflix MCU. It doesn't count. Okay. Uh, so honorable mention: Who shot Mr. Burns? Part one and two. That's I fair. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Oh, it's The Simpsons. The Simpsons. It's probably oh. the most iconic. Okay. Like animated TV show. Honorable mention. Like uh, episode respect ever. My authority. South Park. <laughs> Good one, Ben. But know. Alex, so. <laughs> Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1 was the last episode of Season 5, I believe. Mm-hmm. So then they had an entire summer, oh, and like wow. it was just like it Simpsons a- mania. Like It was the yeah. most talked about thing that summer, and then Part 2 was the first episode. And it turned out season. it was Maggie. Hey, I haven't seen those. I haven't you seen don't it. care. Who's don't Maggie care. anyway? Yeah. She's a baby. I know the character. Oh. The show. We do got a fellow simp on this podcast. She hey, said burlap. I ain't no simp. <laughs> Maggie's first Son. word was burlap. Call me homework because I'm a simp, so. <laughs> Alright, so that was a fun segment. Yeah, so it is happy July 2nd. We are coming up on Independence Day in two days. But you know what that means? With the end of June, we have to talk about the movies, TV shows, documentaries, comedy specials that we watch in the month of June. And Ben, I'm going to have you start. My list is the shortest, so that's probably a good idea. I watch Drive. Uh, it's a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. I, I just saw it on Netflix. Just it seemed like a good idea. Just interested in Drive. That's, I'm, a, I'm a really invested in the plot. Friend of the program. 
What's your name? Uh, <laughs> we watched the movie in full, in full, I might add, uninterrupted. It was a very good film. <laughs> I can't say that for the Queer Eye episode that we started after that. <laughs> but that was a very good film. <laughs> By Nicholas Winding Refn. And yeah, I mean, it was That's very... watched. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Let me. I'm gonna stand in the corner of the room now until the end of the podcast. <laughs> in camo pants. In camo pants, making airplane noises. But Part of the program, Jacob Lever. Yeah, Drive was a very good movie. It's no Fast and the Furious. But <laughs> Jacob Lever, not friend if the Brens want to take your family. <laughs> Epic reference. I don't know Jake. what else I can say. Probably what you watched. <laughs> Oh yeah, I also watched Legalize Everything, Eric Andre's new stand-up special. You can, I know that you can just th- check that off the list for all three all of us. Yeah. I know that both of you two did, so I'll probably just get a quick review in for each of us. But personally, uh, I didn't think it was that amazing. I'm pretty familiar with uh, Eric Andre's stand-up material, and there was a few recycled so bits in there. You just want to go around. And just I'm just more of a fan of his show, that's all I can say, but I still thought it was worth at least one watch. Yeah, I, I agree with Ben. I think that I've... I've just listened to a lot of Eric Andre and watched a lot of his specials, and I think a lot of the jokes crossed over, but that doesn't take away the few that were hilarious. I like I didn't sit there with a straight face the entire time, but I was just kind of like, yeah, I kind of I've seen this bit quite a few times. But the the Louis C.K. joke and when he had the old couple come make out on stage, like those were two jokes that he hasn't done before, and I thought they were incredible. I know he's done it before, but the cops joke. Yeah, <laughs> that was so. I, I saw. I found the clip on YouTube. I watched it four times. Yes, that was the trailer he did for yeah. like Twitter it was to very, promote. It was so funny. to promote very timely. He's like, I am your judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> under, under the, the sea. sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was good. All right, yeah. any thoughts on that? Or I liked that it. I really, I really, I really liked it. I think. I think you guys probably watched a little more. I'm more of a Hannibal Burris guy. I like Eric Andre, but I think you've watched a little more. Uh, I think you've watched a little more Eric Andre stuff than I have, but I thought it was really funny. I I, I really liked it. Okay, and then I he also. I sorry to interrupt. He doesn't have any other comedy specials, does he? Mm-mm. That was his first. It's one. just a lot on YouTube and yeah. clips. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Ben. No, you're good, fam. I started watching Rami, a Hulu produced show. Uh, it's uh by stand-up comedian Rami Youssef, and it's about a fictional character with the same name, uh, Rami Hassan, who's a first-generation Egyptian-American, and it just deals with uh, his family, his culture, um, living up in a boomerang generation, a New York City uh, modern time era, and it just deals with uh, dating, uh, religion, sense of purpose. It's a drama, but there's also some really good comedic bits in there. And, yeah, it's just a really good show that I'd recommend to anybody who's looking for a new drama to watch or maybe open their eyes a bit up for a different cultural perspective on the world. Have you seen Crashing, Pete Holmes' HBO show? I haven't. I think you'd like it. It's kind of the same thing, but from a white man's perspective in New York City. (laughs) Not not as much much, uh, uh, discrimination, but it's kind of the same struggling comedian trying to find his way, kind of figuring out who he is. That's interesting. I think you'd like it. Okay. But, Speaking yeah. of Rami, if Rami from Co-Tennis is listening, I'll fight you. Part of the program. Probably is. Enemy of the program. Enemy of the program. <laughs> you Rami. said he'll fight Rami him. From Simpson Tennis. No, Co-Tennis. Co-Tennis. 
Yeah. Robbie from Cotennis, enemy of the program. Co College. Don't listen to this episode. Don't. <laughs> Don't listen to this episode or pull up to whatever Don't you go anywhere near is. this episode. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was a really good show that I'd recommend to anybody. And it's not really something that I watched super exclusively this month, but I just watched a few episodes of It's Always Sunny. Excellent show. Uh, I always held off on the fact that I wouldn't think that it'd be for me, and I wouldn't think it's been that that it isn't that funny. But up until about sophomore year of high school, I believe, I just started watching them, and I ran through all 14, 13 seasons of it like it was nothing. Do you guys... I love that show now. Do you guys have, like, one month a year where you just find yourself binging Always Sunny? I don't. I, I don't wouldn't watch say... I only watch it when I'm, when I'm like your guys. I don't want... Really, I watched all of it... Uh, I watched all of it at one point, and then I just... Like, like I, I think in April, I watched, like, a few seasons for, like, the first time in a year, and then I just haven't watched it. Since. It's just one of those shows, though, you can just, like, throw on to find specific bits, or just throw on in the bag. It's just, like, them existing in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, it's like, just like, them. Every episode is like, a different thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a whole shtick each episode. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything yeah, concrete show. or development. Do you think it's going on too long? Maybe... I mean, I haven't watched any of the recent seasons, except for I did watch, I think it was the season 14 season finale, where Matt comes out to his dad, yeah. and it's actually very well done. It's like, it's actually... Hard, it's cin- heartwarming. It's heartwarming, it's cinematic, like, they use a different camera lens than anything. Mm-hmm. It's, like, actually, like, really shocking. It's way different than anything Always Sunny has always done. I haven't seen anything past season 9. But I think up I until think up until that recent... The season before that, season 13, I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, the two or so episodes that I saw for season 14, but season 13 was really good, and it was super consistent all the way up to that point, and I think that's just amazing for a technical standpoint, Mm -hmm. and just being able to keep that creative output flowing. And, I mean, they haven't lost any of the main cast, for the most part. Oh, no. No. He he left. Like, his character left. Uh, supposedly, and that was a cliffhanger for one season. Well, Which is that, extremely rare. He had that show on NBC for a while. AP Chem. I thought that was AP Bio. AP Bio. <laughs> AP Bio. No, I thought that was a pretty good show. I watched, like, half the season of that. It was a network comedy. I didn't watch it. Okay, you watched The Office, so... Yeah. But, yeah, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he came back. That was just a season cliffhanger. Yeah. I don't know why we're still talking about that. Jake? Yeah, so this month... I didn't binge any shows other than I watched the entire first season of Cheers. It? I, it's good. It, it's pretty good, but I mean, I. Harry Winkler. Oh yeah, he's not in it first season though. Oh boo! But Fonz. yeah, it's it's really good. Norm. Norm is one of my. That's happy days. Norm is one of my favorite. That's happy days. Norm is one of my favorite. Like just like random characters in any show ever he's he's hilarious I, I thought it was a good show but it's not one of those shows that i'm like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next yeah. i i just thought it it's a show that i'll sit down and watch every now and then but i got too busy to keep watching it mm. and then for movies i watched i still believe which is a movie about um the christian singer jeremy camp who lost his girlfriend it's a good movie it's pretty inspiring watched um king of stanton island of course i watched another uh, David Fincher movie, The Social Network. I watched that for the first time a couple weeks ago. Great movie. I love that movie. I watched There Will Be Blood, of course, Zodiac, and I also watched I Can Only Imagine about another Christian singing group, which is also sad but pretty good. And then I watched Long Gone Summer, 
which is What's ESPN 30 for 30. Horrible. <laughs> I It was the first 30 for 30 I've ever watched that I did not enjoy. Mm-hmm. It was super rushed. You could tell that they got the idea when Last Dance was going well that they wanted to throw together a documentary to have in June, and it was extremely rushed. It was not well made at all. It was supposed to be like about... Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire's rivalry, but it was like literally just a Mark McGuire documentary. Yeah. Was not a fan. And then legalize everything. That it? Yeah, that that's it. it for me. Uh, so, I I don't know. I watched a lot of the stuff. I, I didn't really watch anything outside of like what we watched in the podcast. So yeah, I, watched, I had a busy month. So, the actually, the first two days of the month, I watched, I watched, like, I watched a few movies, but uh, I watched Lady Bird. Which have you, have you seen it? I I haven't. I started like it's one of the best coming of age movies I've seen. It's so good. It's got my fan, my favorite Timothy Chal- Timothy Chalamet. The God he is. It's a little sus, bro. I don't care. He's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Nikola Jokic quote. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, it was so good. I thought it did. I thought it did kind of coming into your own really well, and it was. I, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. It, it's got a lot to it that I really like. There's there's another 180 plot hole in that where actually you haven't seen it, so I'm not gonna spoil it for you. But it's interesting. Uh, and then I wanted to kind of stick with coming of age films, so I watched Olivia Wilde's directorial de- debut, Booksmart. Yeah. Uh, main character in that is I forgot her name. She's in she's in she plays the best friend in Lady Bird, but it's Jonah Hill's younger sister, Young Rebel Wilson. Shut up. It's a joke. But it's uh, it's it's Jonah Hill's younger sister. She's the main character. Her and her friends are like it's like the feet. If I describe it, it is a female super bad. It's two friends that you know they didn't they didn't really party and now they want to have this epic night before they graduate and so they go on this overnight adventure to all these different spots and meet all these quirky characters and then they eventually get at their main their main the main party they're at. They have a falling out. They go their separate ways and they get back together and then it's a happy ending so it's just a fe- it's just a female super bad i still kind of i still enjoyed it it wasn't terrible but just kind of predictable and they didn't do as well as super bad did uh i watched zodiac twice there will be blood clean Stan island island they watched sorry to bother you this week or this month or last month i think that was last month okay well then i didn't I watch no sorry to bother you. and then uh, legalize everything and then i watched the haunting of hill house again which is one of the best it's a it's a it's like a 10 part series on netflix but it does horror better than you know a lot of movies do it's it's one of the scariest things i've ever seen at least on the initial viewing and season two comes out at the end of the year and i can't wait so that's all i watched in june yeah i think brock did you watch anything spectacular in the month of june you can come up and talk to the mic dude i don't the audience Let's does not remember that. what he watched. Enemy of the program, Brock Elbert, not participating in the bit. But yeah, I think unless you guys have anything else to add, I thought this was a pretty productive show. Zodiac was uh, good. Ben, you got any more Marvel references? Tony Stank. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did this dude really say Tony Stank? <laughs> Dude, that's not his name. No, it's Tony Stark that's not his name, though. He's the greatest Avenger. He sacrificed himself. Peter, it's so deep. Peter Porker. <laughs> Yo, like Spider Pig. Like Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Does whatever a Spider Pig does. Ben, Can't finish swing. it.
from a web. No, no he can't. Because he's, he's a pig. pig. He's a spider pig. You guys ever right. seen the Simpsons movie? Yeah, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was probably our best ending yet. I, <laughs> Better as, than Drive. I'm your co- co-host, Jeff Bezos, again. Um, I'm Marcus Zuckerberg. And I'm Mark Bezos. <laughs> we thank you for listening from Indianola, Iowa. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.